0: I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hello there, welcome to today's episode. Today I have Maud McDonald of The Retro Quilter. She's the gorgeous face behind all those gorgeous designs. She's also the host of the new podcast Thread and Therapy, so if you haven't heard that already, go check it out. She designs modern patterns with a retro feel and good grief are they cute. So here we are with Maud. Thank you so much for joining me today Maud. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for asking. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I um, Oh man. So I was kind of talking about this. I interviewed Susie Quilt's Susie of Susie quilts recently. And I was telling her, like, I kind of fangirl behind the scenes for a while. And then I'm like, okay, I just need to be brave and ask this person to talk to me. (laughs) And that's how I was with you too. So I was just kind of like behind the scenes watching you. And I'm just like, which sounds creepy, but so I'm like, I'm just very excited that you're here today.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And also thank you for the comparison to Susie. Cause like, really? Cause I wouldn't, I don't know if I could be that brave. So good on you. Well, thanks. Yeah, and I just, I just love your stuff.
0: It stands out. It's so striking, and I think like, that's what catches my eye, and hopefully other people's eye too. Right? Like that's the point is to stand out and make, make a mark in the quilting community, which you have. So that's amazing. <laughs> but thank um, you. Yeah. So I want to go back, um, to you know where you started. How did you get into quilting and and all of that.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So the very first quilt that I made was for my dad. Uh, It was Christmas time. And I was like, I I don't know what to do. I need a gift. And I had worked with t-shirts before. So I thought, how hard could it be to make a t-shirt quilt? Right? Well, the answer is pretty hard, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) especially if it's like, your first quilt too. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but really, I just, I loved seeing it build and kind of come together and everything. So that's, that's how it started. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, well, my stepmom needs a quilt. And then by then my mom was like, okay, here's a pattern. You're making me this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, um, who else needs a quilt? Who's having a baby? Who can I make a quilt for? And right. Keep going, right?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, you almost start to look for excuses to keep making quilts once you get into it. Cause you're like, well, I can't make them all for myself.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, absolutely.
0: You can. I give everyone in the world permission to make as many quilts for themselves as they want. It does not have to be for anybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, it was definitely like, um. I, I'd see fabric and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to use that," or, or see a pattern. I'm like, "Okay," and and justify. For me, it was more like justifying the spending mm-hmm. for it. So I was like, "If I was to give this to somebody, then it would be a gift and it would be fine." <laughs> yeah, right. So that's how I approached it at first, for sure. Yeah. So, how long has it been then since you started? How many? So that first quilt was Christmas of 2018 and uh so basically from 2019 till now so what's that uh i can't do math right now 5 I, years yeah. 5 years um and prior to that i i had only started sewing in 2017 so okay yeah that was the 2017 was like the first time i threaded a sewing machine wow
0: yeah that's that's fast for you though. Like you came into it really quickly and, and then you started the retro quilter in 2019. Is that, is that right?
1: No, that kind of evolved. Okay. So, um, initially I was made by Maud. and, okay. um, I don't know. I think it takes some time for a lot of people to sort of realize what area of quilting speaks to you what Mm -hmm. fabrics speaks to you all of the things um so I really just dove in head first like let's try applique let's try FPP let's try all this stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) only to realize like maybe I should just try the basics first (laughs) and get get pretty good at that Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, um, it took a little bit, uh, before I sort of became the retro quilter and that was just sort of because I was, I was looking like, I don't know if you can see, oh, you can see a little bit of my retro
0: curtains. Yeah. They're gorgeous. (laughs)
1: Thank you. But like my home is retro. I've always liked retro stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it it was inevitable that I was going to be looking for retro style patterns and when i found some which there weren't many they were at such a like a higher skill level mm-hmm. than i was at that i was like i can't these are lovely mm-hmm. but i can't do that so then i was like oh there's a whole
0: <laughs> idea
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so then that was sort of like it all kind of came together and overlapped of like becoming the retro quilter and like Mm -hmm. starting to make patterns and all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And like building your lifestyle into your business, instead of your business, deciding what your lifestyle is, like, I think can be a tricky part for some people, especially like women entrepreneurs. I think we feel like our identity has to be our business Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah that's what I'm coming across. And it's, it was hard for me. It's like everything I do, like, or every job I've done, I'm like, that's my personality.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to go. I think the other way around when people are trying to figure out like, Oh, how can I figure out a niche? How can I figure out a style?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and I feel like if you're doing that, there's some sort of element of people pleasing to that whereas if it's just coming from you, then it's organic. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, if it's from you, then, you know, those are the things that you love and are probably not going to get tired of too. Right. And this, I mean, retro just happens to be that for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. I think that people pleasing aspect is Something I'm working on personally, you know, it's it can be really hard because you want to please the most amount of people. Because you're like, well, Mm -hmm. my business doesn't reach, you know, millions of people; it's not going to be successful. But I think when you do niche, and that's when you find your crowd. That's when you find the people that that you're going to resonate with, and they're going to resonate with you. And by you know, it's
1: yeah, and that it makes so much sense too, right? Because if you're like, if you're like, okay. I, I don't know. I like all the HSTs and I like Minky and that's, that's going to be my thing. Mm -hmm. And if that's what makes you happy and you're like, I'm going to be so excited about that. People pick up on that excitement and that genuine authenticness that you're bringing and putting out there. And so you naturally attract those people that like the HSTs and like the minky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just as an example, but like, if you're like, well, I'm going to do this because I think it's going to be good. You're just not going to have that authenticity. Mm -hmm. So, but it, it gets tricky because yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. You're like, well, how can I do this? And like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I know my mind's always running a mile a minute like that.
0: Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this other podcast is doing this thing. I need to do that too. And then I'm like, oh am I kidding? Like, <laughs> I yep. I can't do it. Or like, oh no, this other long army business does this thing. And then I'm like, no, I'm gonna stick to what my long arming business does and I'm gonna focus on what I'm good at.
1: Yes. And just yes. hang
0: hang on to those things because again, yeah, it's like a lot of pressure to do all the things and have, you know, pokers and all the different fires, but it's like, the level of burnout when you do that is so crazy. Like why would you force yourself out of the thing you love by trying to keep up with the Joneses kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope once you kind of get on it. And so having to be mindful of that is really, really good thing to have in the forefront, but it seems like you've done a great job at that. I mean, all of your stuff vibes together. It has a very cohesive feel and it like, I've never seen anything from you that feels like, Oh, that doesn't really feel like mod. Like, I wonder what she's doing. You know, mm-hmm. nothing's peaked at least from what I've seen in that way. made me go, is she okay?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like because you, if you have a niche, it helps in that aspect too. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I look at a design and I go, and I, and the first thoughts uh, that comes to mind when it's like, Oh, that's really farmhouse. Well, then I know that that's not it because that's not my niche. Right. So yeah. it can really work for you too, niching down, but like it, it can obviously be really scary if you're thinking of it as, Oh, well, I'm not going to be this big umbrella. Well, no, you're not, but you're going to have your people under your umbrella. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you want. So yeah. Um, Even right now I'm working on a quilt that is, uh, it's, it's OG Ruby star. Okay. I love, right. Who does it? Oh my
0: God. I'm obsessed.
1: (laughs) It's OG. Um, probably yeah, 2019. And, um, so I, I have all these things, all these fat quarters and I started putting it together and I'm like, I love these prints, but they're not my typical you know, warm colors and like there's some blues and some blacks. And I'm even a little nervous about posting some pictures of it Really, because it's just not my color palette. Mm -hmm. So I I'm sure I'll post some stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's a little different.
0: Yeah. And I think too, like, even if you are niched and it's okay to try new things, like Cause we don't grow unless we try new stuff, right? Like we can niche in, but then if we just stay in that lane and don't ever try to see how anything else can fit into that niche, mm-hmm. like, I think that is a, another slippery slope. It's like, you don't want to trap yourself in this like super narrow, like valley that you're now stuck in, but like, yeah. How do you stay true to yourself and then also incorporate new things that you're learning or learning to love or yeah, that's yeah. can be, that can be a
1: hard balance, but. Oh yeah. And the only way to do it is really just try and Mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I think even, you know, if it's not your color palette, you can just say like, I'm just trying something new and seeing how this fits with my aesthetic. And, and because you are genuine to who you are and to your brand, like people I think can accept that and, and will be willing to, to entertain it because it's fun to see people try new things. It's fun to see, like, oh, what's she doing now? Like, yeah. And if it still feels like you, then you know those new things can easily be incorporated. I think. Like, I don't
1: know. Well, plus <laughs> they're OG oh, Ruby Star Fat Quarters. They had to get used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just let them sit in the closet. It was time, right? Like- <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I was part of not part of. I just had subscribed to um Fat Quarter Shop used to do like a um a oh my gosh, I just blanked on what it's called. Like a boost a Fat Quarter booster. So every okay. three every quarter, every 3 months, they would send you a new set of 12 fat quarters and a coordinating thread and a pattern. Nice. It was really cool. But it was mm-hmm. so overwhelming because was I making the quilts? No. <laughs> but it was like cotton and steel and like Ruby Star. Like, so there's a ton of OG Ruby Star in there when they were still with cotton and steel. And so I have like all these bundles. And mm-hmm. it's like I am terrified to do anything with them because I don't want to ruin them. But
1: <laughs> it's that's the thing that and that's why they sit, right? Yeah. And then at some point you got to go, what is it doing Mm -hmm. sitting here? Like, you know, I, I'm like that too, because, um, (laughs) if I am not, when I collect fabric, I don't collect a lot of fabric. I buy what I need Mm -hmm. typically, um, with the exception (laughs) of vintage sheets. Oh yeah. Like I have like a whole I don't know, or it's not an armor, but a cabinet of sorts. Mm-hmm. And it's just full to the brim of vintage sheets and vintage fabrics. And every once in a while, I just like to look at them, you know, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, they're just sitting in this cabinet, <laughs> like, come on. So, um, yeah, uh, I was just at quilt Con mm-hmm. in February and, and, Working up to that, and like, I don't know why it's some unwritten rule or something that everybody's got to make something to wear, right. right? Well, god, but I was like, I got that, I got that buzz, and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna make something, yeah. And uh, I was like, It, I'm gonna make something out of my vintage sheets, and I did. I had again no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but I did it anyway. And you know what? I love it. I made myself, I don't know what you call it, a calf can. I think that's what it's called. Oh, a caftan? Like a yeah, 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 yeah. It's that's like a-, a folded,
0: you like fold a sheet over you essentially with armholes and, and a waist. Yeah, tie. and it's yeah. kind
1: of got like a little like a little waist um, cinch. Waist and yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, perfect. And um, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do it. And some of it's fallen apart after the first wash, not gonna lie, but it lasted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was fun and I used my fabric and I enjoyed yeah. my outfit and people enjoyed it and stuff like that so mm-hmm. just use the fabric yeah you know yeah just use it. but I feel you it's like it's it there's pressure mm-hmm. in what that project is going to be with with those beloved fabrics right yeah Get it? yeah yeah
0: Cause you're like, you don't want to waste it and hate the thing. Cause you're like, I just made it to make something, but then it's like, nothing's good enough. (laughs) So Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. I bet you, you would love any quilt and see those fabrics used, Even if you did hate it, you would, you would love seeing those fabrics more than, you know, in your, in your closet or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Mine. There's my PSA for today.
0: <laughs> yeah, get in your closet, make your quilts. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Yeah. Use the fabric. Yeah, I I made a caftan too. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't go to QuiltCon, but I had bought some yard. Just I think it was like five yards of a ruby star. It was one of the I don't I don't know the name of the print, but it's one of the big florals from the. Um, is it camilla Camilla line and um and i just i didn't have a plan for it i didn't have a quilt for it it was just super super on sale and i just wanted it and so i was like i'm gonna make a caftan and so i followed the tutorial that um patarina rochella has on her her blog Mm -hmm. and um just made one and i used the selvage as the waist tie and so it's like, I made the neck way too big. So I'm like, I don't know how to wear this now. <laughs> so I might need to do some alterations, but I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this fabric. And instead of making, letting it sit in a pile, I made something, but then now I like can't wear the thing. So I'm like, I just defeated the purpose of whatever I just did. So,
1: ah, but you can, I, you can figure it out. I can, And if worse comes to worse, you can cut it all up and make it into a quilt <laughs> exactly I'm like
0: well it's not so bad there's lots of of ways to repurpose this but I think yeah. yeah like my mom she has sewn like her entire life and and you know she started with like garments and just like household kind of things and so I know she could help me figure it out but it's just one of those things where I'm like Ugh, did I just like waste my time <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Cause I'm also like, when I do it, I never want to go back.
0: Mm, right. Mm-hmm. I never
1: want to backtrack.
0: Um, yeah. I'm like, it's done. I can't do anything about it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally feel that, but I think you should do it and get, get it ready. Cause it's like springtime.
0: I know. And right? that was the other thing is like, I made it in the fall So then it was kind of like already past. I couldn't wear it as like a swim cover because it was getting really cold. And yeah, so it just like was weird timing. And so I think, yeah, now that it's going to get warmer, hopefully it. there was, I woke up to three inches of snow yesterday. So I Mm -hmm. don't know about the warm weather coming in time soon, but I do want it ready for like, there's a little like public swimming pond and like near the river by my house that my friends and I like to go to, so. I'd like to have it for at least something like.
1: Yes, that and a big hat. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have a hat, but
0: I want a bigger one. So I'm like on the hunt now. Yeah. So the
1: mother of all hats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I really want, I really want that for my life. I just want to be obnoxious on that beach.
1: Oh my gosh, please. With the biggest sunglasses ever too. And like post it all over Instagram. Cause I need to see that outfit. You know, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will start a calf can a captain club. Yes.
0: Like. Yeah. I do want to like, I do want to get more like a different fabric and try it again with like a flowier fabric. Cause definitely quilting cotton is probably not the smartest, but a sheet makes sense because it's a, they're lighter and especially vintage sheets, like a little bit less dense, I guess as mm-hmm. quilting, yeah. quilting cotton would be, but
1: I want to see your captain. What the heck? <laughs> um. No, I think I don't know if I I have pictures but they're all like quilt con pictures of like me mm-hmm. with people and stuff. I I put like a recap of sorts mm. my highlights um but it's a it, I made it out of a Wabasso vintage sheet. So like like the real flower power type yeah. things, yeah. So it was actually a thicker cotton. Okay. And it was all cotton whereas most sheets uh vintage sheets are typically like a 50, 50% polyester and 50% um, cotton. This is Mm -hmm. hundred percent cotton. So for the time that I was there, uh, it was in Atlanta. It was just the perfect way. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. And that's good. It wasn't (laughs) (laughs) see-through.
0: Like what kind of sheet did you use? Yeah. was this like a toga situation or
1: <laughs> at times when i was working on it it felt like it was going in that direction but it it worked out i had that's to macgyver good. it a little bit but so. you
0: know yes so, but now it's like you have pictures you've got memories and that's like such a fun thing i just think even if it didn't turn out exactly how you wanted it to it's like now there's something
1: yeah exactly. like frozen in
0: time that you get to look back and say oh yeah i whipped that little thing together and felt good about it. And that's just, that's fun. I know. Or my mom and I are going to go, I guess, technically this, no, next year now. Um, Mm -hmm. My little, my little brother's getting married at the end of April. So we were just kind of like, we need to not be gone. And yeah, anyway, so we're going to go next year, but we're working on pulling together stuff for, to make quilt, quilt coats. And so that, I think that will be our quilt con make. Nice. <laughs> nice. And yeah, Lonnie, I don't, do you know Lonnie from having so much fun? No. Lonnie's. Oh gosh. She, she just makes all the clothing in the whole wide world and she's just she's hilarious but um she has me convinced to make pants and so when I was telling my mom she's like I want to make pants and so I'm like maybe we'll just make like a whole outfit and then that's what we'll wear the whole time
1: (laughs) yes why not right I don't know try it out yeah maybe we'll see we'll
0: see how far I get. I like I always pretend I'm going to do all these projects like I have time to sew for myself but here we are I have like a list piling up of
1: things I want to do. Is that not like, I don't know, the creative or like the quilter way though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, especially coming back from quilt con and I was just so inspired. So quilt con for me was actually my very first quilt show. It was mm-hmm. my first quilt con, all the things. So, um, the only times I had seen quilts in person was at, um, my my guild meetings before mm-hmm. so to go to this um it was so overwhelming in all the best ways but it was so inspiring so when i got back i was like i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and i still have that list going mm-hmm. but i haven't really made a dent in it, <laughs> it just keeps growing <laughs> yeah it's like i make one
0: little thing and then i add five more in the meantime like yeah
1: ugh. but yeah. i
0: think but i think that That's the coolest part about all of this, like QuiltCon or even just like being parts of communities online is you get to see so many cool projects Mm -hmm. and like the brainchild of like really creative people. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I never would have thought to like make that or I never would have thought to modify that thing in that way to make it more functional or it's just there's just so much inspiration out there that it's your list could be endless really. If, if you weren't careful,
1: even, even seeing the makes of my patterns Mm -hmm. and I, there's, I never get tired of seeing what, how people interpret it or what fabrics people have used. Mm -hmm. Um, because nine out of 10 times, I'm like, I would have never thought of that. And look at this. It's just incredible, right? It's, it's always, I don't know. It just, it's incredible. It's incredible to see. And there's so much talent out there too. So, I mean, yeah.
0: Some people, I'm just like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have the patience, but, you know, good for you. And yeah, it's just amazing to see all that. And wow. Yeah. And I can't even imagine like seeing your own pattern just iterated over and over in so many different perspectives and like meeting other people's aesthetics and just like how different that can be.
1: Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. So like my last pattern, um, is, uh, pop and posies. And I'm so excited because there's a quilt along that's going to be coming up soon. Um, so I know that I'm going to be seeing a lot more, but, um, the very first make like make in the wild or whatever mm-hmm. um was by Kristen of mustard cotton co I believe and mm-hmm. she did these like it was black and white and like a beige so that's oh. so opposite of me yeah <laughs> I'm like, give me all the color. Yeah. Yeah. And here it's, it's all neutrals and it is so striking. and Beautiful. Like it just stops me dead in my tracks when I saw it, you know, and I'm just like, I love that. Like I would have never, I would have never thought to do that. And it's just, it's just amazing.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I just, I've loved like being parts of part of test groups and just it's kind of the same thing. Like we're all working on the same thing, but everybody's turns out so different and Mm -hmm. so unique that you're like, oh my gosh, I never would have envisioned the quilt that way. Yeah. And then it's like, "Mm, now I'm jealous. I wish mine looked like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's so fun.
1: So when did you release your first pattern? Uh, February of last year. Okay. Yeah. So that was Oh, pardon me. That was um, Boogie Nights. And um, I, ha- I had taken the Quilter's Handy Pattern Writing Course. And that's where I started developing Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because like around all that time, it's like, hey, I'm going to be the retro quilter and retro kind of means curves and I'm going to make this pattern. But I had not really done curves. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, and now it's like curves is like my thing now. So going kinda... to say, like all your patterns have curves, so you obviously figured yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's just funny how things go sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Is it it was just to... last year. Sorry.
0: That's... No, you're fine. Like that's like so fast because you have several patterns out, and so does it. Just does it feel like it's coming naturally? Does it? you feel like you're forcing yourself at any point or are you do you just like feel like you've now found like an avenue to let all your creativity out
1: all of the above <laughs> <laughs> all of the above there yeah Uh I I I much more of a designer when it comes to quilt patterns I much prefer that as opposed to Writing the pattern. Sure. However, <laughs> you know, I can get in modes where I'm like, hey, I'm gonna write this pattern and just sort of like punch it out, and I get really into that groove.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I mean, sometimes it's forced. So coincidentally, um, I had heard a podcast, it was like the f- maybe even like the first or second episode of the Craft Career Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susie Quilts was the guest actually. And she had made mention um, that she does like all of her designing at the beginning of the year or the end of the year. And she just puts four together. And then she knows that that's how she's going to plan her year quarterly. And I was like, that is brilliant. Yeah. Right. So last year I kind of was flying by the seat of my pants and figuring it all out as I went. And so this year I was like, Hey, I need to do some planning. I need to you know, figure Mm -hmm. some stuff out. And I thought, I'm going to do what Susie Quilts does. If that works for her, like I'm going to do it. And I, I tried Mm -hmm. and, um, the plan, the plan has changed a few times (laughs) already. So I came out with pop and posies that wasn't supposed to happen. It was going to be this other quilt that I was like, I've got this idea came up with it. Um, I have another pattern written for June ish. Um, and then I've got this other design that I'm in love with, mm-hmm. but writing the pattern feels very forced right now. Mm. So I have to kind of like, I don't know. I love it, but I just can't force myself to, to get in that mode just yet. So it's, it's all of the things. Yeah. And, you know, I just kind of have to recognize what I'm doing and also like balance that with the priorities of what I need to get done. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's probably hard, like when you're riding the wave of like a new release and like everybody's excitement for it to then sit down and like focus on something else. Mm-hmm. I would be like, no. <laughs> Yeah. This I is not how this is gonna go.
1: I don't understand how people like um, like even fa- like fabric designers or something, yeah. you know, they're doing Christmas designs mm-hmm. right now. Or, and I'm like, uh <laughs> I know. You know that kind of thing. But I mean that's how it goes, right? Yeah. Well, and I guess like I didn't really
0: have a concept of like what the process was like until I interviewed Katarina and she was like one of the very first interviews. Mm-hmm. and just talking to her about designing fabrics because she has 20 over 20 lines of fabric now and I'm just like how the heck and uh, we were talking about the one that she was just getting ready to release and she's like oh yeah this next one is coming I'm like you already have another one like what she's like yeah and then the one after that I'm like <laughs> Jesus what like I just didn't even like I guess I just didn't really have the concept of like no they're always like working on the next one like yeah to come out. And so when, even though people are still like energetic about the, their latest release, they've got one already in the works that's going to come out. And then that's going to be the new thing. And then I'm just like, Oh my God,
1: (laughs) I don't even know. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know. And so like in that regard, I feel like, um, yeah, you always have to be working and you have to have a little bit of foresight too. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I do like the concept of trying to like, do it kind of batch in batches so that you can slowly work on releasing them throughout the rest of the year but like you if the inspiration's not there to work on the thing it's really hard like I struggle with the same thing it's really hard to make myself work on something that I just am not feeling
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I love the design I'm hoping that I don't know that motivation will come. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm just like, I like what I'm doing. I'm still enjoying pop and posies. And I just want to make like 15 of them. So right. <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, right.
0: Well yeah. the quilt-along coming up, like that's probably taking a lot of focus. And have you done a quilt along before or is this
1: going to be your first one? I did one last year. Um so last year uh, my retro daisy pattern came out in May and that, I think that was, that was the pattern that kind of propelled me. And, um, so I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to do a cool song. again. I had no idea what I was doing, but yeah, you just kind of do it anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. And, um, so for Pop and Posies, like I knew this year, I wanted to do another quilt along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure what one it was going to be for, but um, Pop and Posies—it's had a lot of momentum. So I was like, "Okay, let's do it again." And it's—it's going to be a lot of fun. I incorporate um, Zoom meetings once a week so that we can just like, you know, if somebody has a problem or something, we can we can chat about it. But mm-hmm. also, it's it's fun. It's kind of like show and tell and yeah, (laughs) we get to hang out and chat and stuff like that. So there's, I, I like the community part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun.
0: And like community is huge. And I think, you know, those of us in the quilting community, I think sometimes we don't always have like a local group that we can join. And so Mm -hmm. the option of being able to do these things online or like over zoom is like a lifesaver and like, it's so meaningful for so many people. And so I love seeing like people adding more and more stuff to their, you know, what they're offering to of ways to connect to their fans or their followers or people that just want to be a part of their community and I always say if you let your you know be your authentic self and let your weird out like the other weirdos (laughs) like you are gonna find you and like that's where you build that's where you build your community and we just have a bigger platform to be able to do that now so it's really cool
1: I love that (laughs) let your weird out like new motto right there love it it's so fun Cause I'm like I'm a, such a little weirdo, and I love being yeah. a little weirdo. So <laughs> I know. I just
0: I think I spent so much of my life trying to hide it and trying to be like I'm a cool girl. But like as I get older, I'm just like oh, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Like this is who I am, and I love myself. Well, I'm starting to love myself, and you know, like why not? Because the more true to me that I am, the the more I'm gonna find the people who actually also care about me and thankfully I have a pretty good group of people in my life. So that's been yeah pretty authenticity easy authenticity goes a long way right mm-hmm. yeah and that's like that's why I love like the concept of your podcast the threat and therapy podcast that you just launched this year. So um I'm real big into therapy and I advocate for it for everybody. I think everybody needs therapy, but mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'm here it for it, but also kind of sad that we all need therapy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if it was available to mm-hmm. us all. Um, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily sad, but I feel like, I mean, life and feelings and whether you've gone through traumatizing events or or not um just figuring stuff out Mm -hmm. it it can be hard being in your own head can be hard Mm -hmm. um and that's where i think therapy is really important um but yeah i started thread in therapy late january of this year and I'm I'm really enjoying it and I think a lot of people uh, are enjoying it too so yeah thank yeah. you
0: yeah I've listened to a few episodes so far and I really yeah I just was like yes like preach it girl like you know kind of <laughs> feeling like I wanted to be part of the conversation but also just like it feels it feels real which obviously is the point right and and another point of connection of like okay someone else is experiencing these same feelings or you don't have to feel alone and that's you know again where that community aspect comes in is that feeling mm-hmm. of like belonging and and belonging for just who you are not because you are a certain way or tick certain boxes but like just being
1: able to show up and be you and be loved for that well and being like you know being loved for all of you Mm-hmm. To not like your best self or the representative of yourself or or whatever, and I feel like whether it's Instagram or just regular life, we all have to put up some sort of front.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, you could be having a shitty day, but you got to go pick up your kids, and you run into the principal. You're not going to be like, "I had a shitty day, principal." (laughs) You're you're going to put on your best self, right? And whatever. Um, But what I find interesting is, um, I mean, it's 2023, and (laughs) there's still so much um, taboo and and shame. Mm with mental illness, with, um, taking pills with uh, evening, like anxiety, any of it, any mm-hmm. of it. And it's so common. It's so common. All of it is mm-hmm. all of it is. And if you don't have some sort of, um, condition uh, of sorts, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you probably nobody know, know somebody that does, you know, but yet, not too many people are still talking about it. So yeah. um and things like Instagram and social media really don't help that, I don't think, when everything's shiny, happy people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um that that can be um what's the word? Disillusioning, you know? Yeah. And so um I felt like it it's important to be like, no, this this is part of us too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm finding it's, it's a big reason why a lot of people quilt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's basically what it's about is like, um, people's stories of why they quilt and in their struggles and how quilting has helped them. And Mm -hmm. it it very much seems that most of us have a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just the more we talk about it, the
0: less stigmatized it becomes and the easier it becomes to recognize, you know, those, maybe those things in our own lives or yeah. And in, in the people around us go, Oh, I get it now. Cause I mm-hmm. think when you're not in tune with your own self and the things that you're experiencing, it's really hard to understand like what other people are going through. Yes. And so I think that is really disconnecting when like, if you can't even acknowledge that, like you're exhibiting, you know, signs or behaviors of anxiety or depression or whatever it is and how that's affecting you and the people around you, like, how are you supposed to relate to other people or understand other people enough to make a deep connection? And that empathy that comes from that is humongous.
1: Well what I what I've really found since starting Threat and Therapy is um, how many people have have connected with it. And and that, I mean that's what I've hoped for. Mm-hmm. But um I've had people contact me, I've had people contact the guests in tears and mm-hmm. and saying this episode was me. I saw myself in this episode. Um, I was just diagnosed and I didn't know that, um, other people felt like this, that this described me to a T and I had no idea. I thought I was all alone in this Mm -hmm. or, you know, I've had that a few times where people have, have messaged me and said, thank you, because now I don't feel alone. Um, and that's the point because you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not right. And it's so much more common than people think, but you don't know it unless it's vocalized. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, exactly.
0: And um, my, so my husband is actually in a a master's program for counseling. And so he's like learning all this really great stuff. And we've both have been huge advocates for mental health. Like we've made that like a pillar in our relationship of like Mm -hmm. always striving for being our best version. And and accepting when we're not our best selves and and anyway but one of the biggest things that i think has stuck out to him and to me is like in a lot of the readings and the research he's had to do so far one of the things that stands out is is community is that you know therapy helps and if you have a strong community around you yes uh, just like expedites the healing process and so you know They've done studies of like people who just did individual counseling and didn't really have a close knit community versus somebody, you know, who did the same amount of counseling, but also had a tight knit community that supported them and Mm -hmm. surrounded them. And that like, those are the people who showed so much more growth and at a faster rate, because they were also being held up in the times when they needed to be held up instead of trying to just do it on your own. Like, I hate the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I could just scream every time I hear it because that's not how this works. Like we need each other. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, talking about these things and saying like, yeah, I am an anxious fucking person and I will climb the walls if I'm not careful. Like, I have to be so mindful. Or here's my tips and tricks. And sometimes hearing that, you're just like, oh my God, I never realized I was doing that same exact thing. Yeah. And that connectedness, that togetherness is like really how I think how we're as a society, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get better.
1: Yeah, we're humans, right? We mm-hmm. need connection. Yeah. We, do. we need connection. And um I don't know. That sounds really interesting. That study too. I'm not like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I am not qualified by any means. <laughs> uh, my only qualifications are that I used to be a hairdresser and I used to be a bartender. <laughs> I mean, right there. <laughs> so like, I, I do not have any letters after, after my name or title or anything of the sort. Um, but I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like this is something I had to do because yeah. like you, I just feel like it's important. And um, so I just, I just went for it, I guess. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I, this is the same thing here. I was just like, I'm just going to do this thing and hopefully it works. And, you know, I think again, back to like niching in, if you've niched into the thing that you want to talk about that's how you find your community that's how you find the people who yeah want to be in your community and so I think that was really smart of you and I think it's necessary to get out there and talk about it more and I definitely am trying here as well like because it's super important to me too like (laughs) Mm-hmm. So then when I find other people that are like quilting and mental health, I'm like,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, it's, it's a hard and scary thing mm-hmm. to, to, you know, put yourself out there like yes. that to say, um, out to the world, like this is, I have depression or I have this, or I'm, or even just, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. It's hard to admit that to yourself sometimes. It's certainly hard to put it out there. Um mm-hmm. but I have never yet seen a time where people do that, and um, it's been regretful, you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. even if you if you're talking to your friend or your husband or I don't know, your bartender, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Just saying it and getting it off your chest. Mm-hmm even if you have to put it in a diary, it helps. It mm-hmm. helps.
0: Right. It really does. Yeah. I don't know how, if you're familiar with Brene Brown, but mm-hmm. I read her book, um, the gifts of imperfection when I was 30. And cause I had, a, when I turned 30, I thought my life was over. I just, I like had a a midlife crisis I don't know what it was but anyway so I was like reading her book and just trying to like figure out what my life was even like you know Mm -hmm. gonna be and so like having having those connections and people around you or even like journaling or writing in a diary like putting words to your shame or your feelings takes the power away from them and gives you control over them. And so I always talk about like shining a light in the dark corners of who you are. And that was like a big kind of theme in, in therapy for me was like, let's dig around in that closet that you've had locked forever. Like, what are the boxes holding that are in that closet? And I'm like, I don't want to look in there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I found my inner child in there. Mm -hmm. and like so just that whole concept of like bringing everything out into the light whether it's with a close trusted friend or a therapist or you know it doesn't even have to be somebody you know in person if you've made that connection with somebody online like if you've got that outlet it's yeah it helps take away the power of that shame of of having those feelings and and it's okay because you're not alone. Lots of people feel that way sometimes, and that's you know, you gotta find those find those connections and shed the light on those things.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I like that analogy of shining the light on it. It makes me kind of think of like, um, <laughs> this is terrible, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but like. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, if you, for me, I always forget about potatoes. I buy oh. potatoes and then I forget <laughs> about them. They're like in the dark corner of my my pantry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by the time I find them, they're rather disturbing because uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. they've just grown and festered mm-hmm. in in the dark there. But if I take them out, like you get yeah. where I'm going with them. yeah. I don't know, Just this just silly little thing. See, no. I told you I was the weirdo. No, but that's exactly
0: like that's exactly it though. It's like you leave it in the dark corner and I do, I also forget about potatoes because I'm like, what am I gonna make with those? And then I'm like, I'll figure it out next next time and then until they're <laughs> next, until they're rotten. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: not the only one. No,
0: no. But yeah, it's it's very similar because if you let it sit in the dark at Festers and takes on a life of its own where if you just speak it out loud say I'm really feeling shameful about this thing then somebody can go well okay like what's the worst that can happen and or but what's the best that can happen you know just somebody to kind of talk you through that or even just talking it through with yourself journaling it it's like seeing it on paper you're like wow okay like I can move on now you know and sometimes sometimes things take longer to work through but just getting into that practice of getting it out into the light. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I got to take a breath. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Just do your box breathing, babe. It's all good. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Very familiar with breathing
0: exercises. No, I did a cold plunge for the first time. Oh my God. Um, on Monday with my husband, and again we went over to the pond across the street. It's freezing fucking cold. And I wanted to kill him a little bit, but I was like, I guess this is the next stage of like dealing with myself, <laughs> putting myself in uncomfortable situations on purpose to try to work through them. Is like, I don't wanna, but I'm gonna.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I wanna work out all this stuff, but I do not want to go in cold water. Like, you mean. <laughs> I don't don't, even want to go in like a pool nine out of 10 times. I'm just not, but you did it good for you. I don't. It was awful. (laughs) It was so bad. It was so bad,
0: but he does it like every Monday morning and then just like takes cold showers throughout the week. And I'm just like, fine, I guess I can. I mean, there's so many health benefits to it if you do it right. And uh, anyway. I'm just like, fine for my stupid mental health, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't yeah. know. I think like, I I just could never do that. Like there's, I have taken pills for my mental health. I've seen a therapist for my mental health. I've talked in groups. I've, I've mm-hmm. had confidants, I've done all sorts of things but I don't think I could ever see myself <laughs> plunging into cold water. That's where uh, I draw the line. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely,
0: it's not for everybody. It's hard, but anyway. Yeah, I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, I was screaming. I screamed. I got in the I water bet. and I screamed because it was so cold. But anyway. <laughs> uh, um, Okay, I do want to rewind a tiny bit and talk Mm -hmm. about more of your design process so like do you find when you're planning a quilt or when you're like if you're writing the pattern is there like does that feel therapeutic to you or do you find Mm -hmm. any part of that process that's kind of like you can get into the flow and it feels feels like you know a therapeutic
1: thing Yeah. I mean, like, what is that referred? Like your zone of genius, like Mm. where you're in the flow. Um, I think like that can happen in, in all different stages really. Um, for me, I like to design and create and play. That's where I have, I think the most fun, Mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of seeing it come together and and what have you, that can also be just as frustrating at times, you know, if, sure. you, if I have an idea in my head, it's not quite being executed. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like writing the pattern itself, if I get into the groove and you're, you're getting any kind of momentum and groove and flow mm-hmm. is a wonderful place to be regardless of what you're doing. Um, you know, so yeah, it just it doesn't happen all the time, but it's always welcome and amazing whenever it does, you mm-hmm. know. So um, but I I what do I do for design? I will draw on graph paper, I will work in EQ8, I'll work in Adobe, I write all my patterns in Adobe Illustrator. Um and that's yeah that's pretty much it for
0: that (laughs) yeah I know I'm just always curious about because some people have so many different ways like of approaching you know how they design and it's like you know it can be very regimented because they're just that's their way or it can just be spur of the moment kind of thing so I think I'm
1: more like I tried doing the Susie Quilts way Sure. And I, I'm gonna try that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I did come up with uh actually five designs um by the end of last year to work towards for this year coming. Um I ha- I just didn't write the patterns all like I had planned. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um So I do like that sort of concept of idea and that discipline Mm -hmm. I have, I've wanted to be one of those people that are like, I, I'm going to sketch every night, or I'm going to, um, do some sort of layout every Sunday. There's a woman that I follow on Instagram and she does a Sunday sketch Mm -hmm. and they're like remarkable Mm -hmm. every week, remarkable. And I'm just like, how do you do it? Well, she does not because she's in constant flow. She has the discipline to, to work on her creativity all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to be one of those people, but I just, I'm not one of those people. So, um, and it's hard too. I mean, like I've got kids that they're six and eight. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband has his own business as well. So like there's life that Mm -hmm. (laughs) often comes into play too. Right. But there's definite goals of more disciplined creativity, but for the most part, I do not function like that. Yeah. It's tricky for me too. So that's why I'm always curious, like
0: how disciplined are these people
1: (laughs) really, truly
0: behind the scenes? Like, are they scatter like me or, you know, it's not that I'm a a pattern designer by any means, but I guess like just my workflow, I have to I have to make a mess before I can find the, you know, find the path forward in through that chaos to, to create something, but man, it's a lot. And especially like as a mom, you know, you only have limited day time during Mm -hmm. the day while the kids are at school and you're not having to like cater to their every need.
1: Right. (laughs) Mom, Mom, look at this. Mom, I want a snack. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. You're like, go get one. <laughs> oh
1: my goodness. Do you yeah. have hands? No. I have two boys that are having growth spurts right now. So <laughs> <laughs> both my kids are now just, I swear, it's every couple minutes. Mom, I need a snack. Mom, I need a snack. You just ate dinner. Mom, I need a snack. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't Uh, it doesn't stop. I mean, I can attest to that. I've got two boys also and my gosh. I'm like, are you done eating? No, I'm still hungry. How old are they? Oh well, 21 and, and 18. So they're almost gone. But well, the oldest one is is out, but the youngest one will graduate this year. So he'll be he'll be out soon. But yeah, it's just the food I'm like okay I'm excited a... no
1: sorry. go ahead no you're go ahead if I have like audience because I, I, I like my other hobby I would say was probably thrifting mm. but if I'm not working if I'm not doing stuff at home, I'm at the grocery store like that's where I'm at <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? I don't yeah. have
1: time to go thrifting anymore it's like I'm at the grocery store getting all the food again
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I mean since since our youngest has a job like he doesn't really eat at home much anymore which is like I mean he's 18 he's got a job like what am I gonna do be like Mm -hmm. be home at 9 p.m but um so that's definitely I'm like oh my gosh okay like we don't have to buy as much stuff like (laughs) will still scrounge around at midnight. I come down. I'm like, why is there a mess in the kitchen? I'm like, Oh, cause he came down and made quesadillas in the middle of the <laughs> night. Or, you know, it's like, what are you doing? But yeah, it's definitely like, I don't envy people with more kids because two is two felt like a lot sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm one of four. So and. You know, it was like my one brother and I were only a year apart, so we were like hitting similar growth spurts at same times and just like eating them out of house and home. And then my youngest brother and my sister are much younger than than me; they're ten and fifteen years younger than I am. So then it was oh, like, wow. as she was like, my mom was trying to like feed teenagers, she was also then having to feed like a toddler and a baby, and we we're like, sorry, I don't know what to do for you. <laughs> we're oh, hungry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but my goodness.
0: Anyway, she
1: had a garden to
0: (laughs) have or something. Yeah. We always had a garden, which was fun. So that was like, let me go eat all the fresh produce before it can make it in the house. And, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, (laughs) it's fun. I wish I could garden. I tried, I tried having a garden, um, like the first year of lockdown. And I had Mm -hmm. this wonderful fantasy of that I was going to have this beautiful garden and be plentiful and all the things but what I quickly realized was that I liked planting it and putting it there but then I I wanted to be done Mm. (laughs) and I was like oh you have to weed it and you know do other stuff so that was Mm -hmm. like the first I didn't have a garden for that long
0: Yeah. It's hard. And like, I keep trying to grow squash for some reason. I'm like, oh, I'll grow the zucchini or, oh, I'll grow this squash. And then we always get squash beetles and I don't use chemicals on anything I grow. Like I just refuse. And so I'm like, I don't know, I need to grow something else. And then I was like, I'll grow watermelons. And that took over my entire yard. I planted one plant and our summer was like, we got, it was like really cold until it was like a hundred degrees. And so it was like too cold and then too hot. And then because it was too hot, they weren't growing. And so I was harvesting watermelon in like October <laughs> because it finally was like That's cold okay, enough for it to grow. It was, I still have one. I don't know if it's rotten or not, but it was, I was like, I need to pick smaller things because I keep picking things that take over like one plant takes yeah. over the entire garden space. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> I don't know how to make this work.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like I tried so many different things. What I was remarkably successful at doing was growing corn. Really? Yeah. my Like my first year and we grew everything from seeds too. I was just like, what? Um, That's awesome though. But like you get one haul and then it's done. And then you're left with these huge (laughs) stocks and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take them down and put them for Halloween decorations. Yeah. (laughs) So it worked out, but I was like, that was a lot of work for like five years of corn, you
0: know, like like, I've gone to the grocery
1: store. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been like, so much cheaper to buy it from the grocery store. I mean it was probably the best cord I had, but like still. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just it it's not for me. Gardening oh. is not my thing. I love the idea mm-hmm. of it. I very much admire people that like have these beautiful big successful gardens, but I am I not that person. Yeah, same.
0: I'm just like I don't I don't know how to do this. Like I'm, I'm just even surprised I'm keeping houseplants alive. I'm like, I'm really good at like making stuff. I'm not good at growing stuff. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I am with you. I have all my plants basically on one corner and I keep like a little spritzer bottle and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, here you go guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Same. I'm just like, "Mm." Good luck, everything else, because I'm not going to help you. I don't know how.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? I totally feel this.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I've taken up enough of your time today. And I just want to thank you again for being on the show with me. I'm really, like, so happy. And I'm excited about your podcast. And so I want everybody to go listen. It's Threat and Therapy. So is it just on one platform or can they get it on multiple? Um
1: yeah. It's on uh, Spotify and Apple podcasts, audible. I'm sure it's on a few others too, but those are the, those are the major ones. Um, and there is a new episode out every other Tuesday.
0: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll put links for everything in the show notes so people can get to you easily and otherwise, thanks for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun, Amanda. I appreciate it. Of course. Have a great day. You too. Thanks.